So these shifts occur, I think, unplanned. Some of them are planned. Some of them are unplanned, and you got to deal with them all. And but they've all been, they've been all good changes for me. I, I've gotten something out of every one of them, even the ones that were negative. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work. Well, this guest is somebody unique that I get to introduce. I'd never thought in a million years I'd be getting a chance to interview my dad. And I'm massively honored to have him on my show. And I can't wait to see what happens um, and what we talk about in the shifts in his life. Um, just to give a little bit of background about who my dad is. Um, first of all, he's, a, he's just an incredible dad. So job number one complete. Uh, graduated with a uh, medical degree in 1972 at the University of California, Irvine School of Medicine for after three years at UCLA, which um, I'd love to you know bring up why only three years at college, uh, receiving multiple awards and scholarships at both institutions. And then he was a GI fellowship at Stanford University, really cool school by where we now live in the Bay Area. And then practiced GI in pr- private practice for 25 years in the San Jose Los Gatos area. He served at Good Samaritan Hospital in San Jose in many capacities as chairman of the Department of Medicine, chairman of the Division of Gastroenterology, chairman of the ICU committee, chairman of the Credentials Committee, and then taught at, uh, moved on to teach at attending and attending for 25 years at Santa Clara Valley Medical Center and Stanford as a faculty member and serving over 14 committee chairs and delegates before retiring, I think it was 2019, maybe 2020. Dad, welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm sure that's always fun listening to yourself being uh, talked about out loud. I actually, you know, know you in a whole different way than who you're known for at work, obviously. Um, but hearing that back, it must have must it must have uh, uh, reminded you of all all those many years of practicing medicine. I'm sure. Yeah, I did. I actually retired five and a half years ago, so it's that long. It was 2000. But, that um, tells you where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, well, what can I tell you? I think you were, though, you were, uh, you've been still seeing patients up until a point, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit, once or twice a week. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but I'm humbled to be here. I just never thought I'd actually be on a podcast with you after listening to all these amazing people you've interviewed. Why you asked me, I'm not even sure. Well, I'm. I'm we're going we're gonna to show, show everybody why in, in just a second. And I'd love to jump right in and talk to you about your, the shifts in, in your life and, um, you know, maybe something early on, a small shift that maybe it was a medium shift, maybe it was a big one, but something that maybe happened early in your life that really triggered what, who, who and what you became of today. Well, the very first uh, thing that I can remember was actually um, at age six, I um, became, I lived in New Jersey where I grew up and 
I uh, got ill then with what turned out to be uh, rheumatic fever, although they didn't know that in the beginning. Um, I ended up uh, getting hospitalized uh, for a full month over the Christmas holidays that year. (laughs) It was devastating. Um, was in the hospital in those days. Parents couldn't even visit you, but maybe two hours a day. So it was a really difficult time. Didn't realize that it was going to be a shift in my life because who at the age of six thinks that way? Um, but it did. And I was bed bound in those days for almost nine months. Um, actually, we're not allowed to walk, not allowed to get out of bed. Um, that was the preventative measure to keep you from getting even sicker. Um, so that at that time, the people that took care of me just made an incredible impact on my life. Um, I had a teacher in first grade who, um, which I was missing almost the entire year of, uh, on her own came after school and tutored me several times a week. Um, I had, uh, my, my mother and father, my sister was only about two years old at the time. So, you know, that, that wasn't, I don't think she even remembers it that much, but, um, but my parents were unbelievable having to deal with all of that for almost a year. Um, and finally, uh, I have a cousin who actually introduced me to magic. He was a well-known magician at the time. Uh, he introduced me to it, taught me, sat with me and while I was in bed. And a lot of those things changed everything. The doctors and nurses that took care of me, they were unbelievable people. And from that point on, I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. So besides picking up the hobby that was a lifelong hobby, um, I also um, found that uh, my my desire, what I wanted to do with my occupation, um, just immediately went from there. I wanted to take care of people the rest of my life and make them as comfortable as they did me. If I'm not mistaken, you were the first uh, first child in your family to go to college. Is that right? Uh, yes, that is correct. And 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 yet you went to medical school, and then you went to uh, do your internship, and still you haven't graduated college. Uh, yeah, no. I How does that work? I still haven't graduated college even to this day. Um, I worried about it at the time um, because I kept telling your mom that if I flunked out of medical school, I was in trouble. I have to go back and get my degree. Um, but I actually ended up. Um, um, Deciding to um, become uh, to to apply to medical school actually uh, after my second year of college, which was almost unheard of at the time. Um, but I had taken almost all of the pre med courses at that point and did pretty well. And so I decided at that point that I would uh, just try. So I took the medical admissions test and got accepted to school somehow and uh, ended up deciding to go. And I was told at the time that I would actually get my bachelor's degree after my first year of medical school because I was at a University of of California campus. Uh, Unfortunately, Ronald Reagan became governor at the time, and he decided that was not going to happen. So I've never liked him ever since um, because he kept me from getting my bachelor's degree. Oh, man. Well, I mean, Good news is you still grad you still graduated and got your medical degree, um, right? And, and and so really cool that that happened. But then you w- went into medical school, and uh, you know just from the stories I know from you and Seth, my my brother, who's also a physician, um, that's pretty grueling when you go through 
uh, your both school uh, and your internship? Was it just as grueling for you? Yeah, it was. I pretty much almost all those years had to give up any social life, although I managed to um, to uh, get married uh, to your mom uh, at the end of the second year of medical school. Um, and and to have you uh, actually during my residency up here in San Jose. Um, but we um, it was it was pretty grueling. It was constant studying, constant work. Internship and residency was, you know, you know, 130, 140 hours a week, you know, working 36 hours at a time with no sleep, going home and crashing for a while and then going back for the same thing. So, you know, reading, social life, everything was pretty much out except for the rare occasion when I could break away. Um, and that lasted all the way through until I finally went into practice. And then things changed um, and, and became almost as difficult for 25 years, but in a different way. As you practiced. I'm curious, though, when you were um, going to school, um, what you were you worked hard um, through the stories that I've heard and, and, and did quite well. What drove you? Um, you know, what drove me was just, I was just always very goal oriented and motivated ever since being sick as a kid, um, and, and sort of getting through that and conquering it and accomplishing the things that I did. I knew that to get where I had to go to be in medicine, I had to work really hard. And so, um, and the teacher that helped me in that first grade that helped me when I wasn't even attending school, just help me set some goals. And I realized that very early on that if you really wanted to get somewhere, you had to set goals. And even if you weren't successful, it was still worthy of doing because if you didn't do it, you got nowhere with it. But at least if you tried, you had a chance. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it, that's a pretty lofty goal, the um, going through medical school, dedicating really your life because you're in school that me- those many years. and. Um, and when you got to that area where you got to practice medicine, um, there were incredible moments of helping to heal people and, and also not so incredible moments. How did you work through all that shifting of up and downs throughout all the years? Well, it was difficult. Um, I'm just one of these people who I'm very sensitive and to the patients. And one of the things I liked about practicing medicine, which... If you're going to talk about shifts, there was another shift that came along later, and it was partly because of that, that I just, my favorite thing was the patients. Uh, It was being able to talk to them, being able to take care of them, being able to figure out something that nobody else did, helping them, making them feel better and accomplishing all of that. But it took its toll on me um, because I would come home. Unfortunately, you and Seth and mom, you sort of took the brunt of it at times because I would come home really exhausted, tired, not in a great mood, you know, having listened to everything all day long and then having come home and not being able to listen as well anymore because of the tiredness and, you know, leaving and coming home right after I told somebody they had cancer and that they were going to basically die. And then having to come home and be happy and cheerful and be with the family, those took its toll at times. And and that's that 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 along amongst other things sort of got to me after about fifteen or twenty years because I was too I felt myself so involved with my patients that it was hard to get get free of that. How did you eventually shift out of that? 
Well, I decided things were changing after the first 15, 20 years. I was extremely happy with working at the, in those days, despite, you know, the 110, 120-hour weeks and, you know, running home to get to your baseball games and to things like that, and then going back to work because I'd have to do consults and things like that. Um, but um, insurance was getting bad in this country. Things were changing. Um, the incomes, people thought doctors made a lot of money, but the incomes really started dropping uh, over a period of about three or five, three or four years. I had lost probably 50, 60 percent of my income because of the insurance, because of Medicare changes. I was having to downsize people in my office. And yet you needed more because of the requirements of trying to get paid by the insurance companies. So it was a real problem. And I was having to work harder, see more patients in a day and not be able to talk to them and not really be able to enjoy what I used to enjoy. And um, so I felt that I needed to make a change. I actually considered at one point uh, getting out of medicine altogether and, and completely leaving it and finding something else. Um, I have a friend uh, who does a physician renewal program. He's a radiologist, but he helps doctors going through this burnout like I was going through. And uh, I helped him with some programs and then realized that I needed to do something like that. And so he sent me to a program in Santa Barbara. And that's where one of the big shifts occurred for me. And I didn't realize it was going to be then that happened. But I went through a weekend program and I realized that the changes I needed to make um, that there were a lot of what I thought were big stumbling blocks. You know, am I going to be able to make a living? Am I going to be able to support the family? You know, am I going to disappoint people because I'm making this change? And so I went through all of these and I realized that the biggest stumbling block was me. I was in my own way of making the changes I had to make. And, um, and, and that program really helped me and it helped me actually visualize what I wanted for the future. And, um, what you know, you after want? that, what's that? What did you want? Um, I just wanted um, more time with the family. I wanted uh, I wanted to be able to, if I couldn't if I couldn't be happy practicing medicine and seeing my patients and talking to them and all, um, I wanted to be able to do some traveling and I wanted to, things I couldn't do because I never could leave more than a few days or a week at a time from work, and so. Um, I just decided at that point um, to just, you know, see what could do. And I was making, trying to make decisions. And it took several years to actually see that that shift occurred, but it's all stemmed with that earlier, earlier change uh, and earlier program I went to. And eventually I got to the point where I walked home one day and I said, you know, I got to get out of my own way. I'm just going to make the change I have to make. And I announced to your mom that I was going to um, I was going to close my practice and I wasn't going to do that anymore. And I was going to find a way to work things out, not knowing how I was going to do that. And, you know, bless your mother's heart. She's my biggest critic. She has always, always supported everything that we've wanted to do like that. Anything. I mean, it was not even a question. She I think she realized how unhappy I, I got. So we, um, we eventually, because of that, I was sitting and teaching up at the hospital one day at the county hospital here in San Jose and started talking about the fact that I was closing my practice and I didn't know what I was going to do. They started talking to me about coming to work for them. 
And long story short, I ended up closing my practice on my birthday, March 31st of 2013, which was exactly five years to the day that I had been at the program in Santa Barbara. And they gave me a five-year plan to, to think about what I wanted to do. So it's remarkable and ironic. I never thought about it until afterwards. And um, so we made the change. I actually closed my practice. I went to work there and it turned out to be the best thing I ever did. I, I started teaching. That turned out to be probably my, the best change in my whole life. Ep economically, it improved for me. It made it possible for me to retire, which I'm not sure I could have ever done if I'd stayed in practice. Um, I was much happier. I was working less hours. Um, I was being able to be with the family. I was getting to travel. I was doing all the things that I wanted to do and still enjoy myself. So that little shift, you know, really made a huge difference in our lives. I'm glad you went to that conference or that leadership uh, retreat. Yeah. That sounds like it. It definitely. And what I what I loved about what you just said is that you actually were already leaving your practice before you knew where you were going to go. And then all of a sudden something just opened up for you in that way. It wasn't like you you knew where you were going to go before you uh, basically put yourself or were transitioning out of that business. And so it's kind of like you just just made the leap and trusted that you were going to get caught somewhere, um, which is kind of not anything I would expect from you, but it was exactly what you needed to do, I guess, to get to where you needed to go. Yeah. It actually shocked both of our parents' sets. Um, they were just, they couldn't believe it that I was going to do that and take the chance. Um, and, but your mom believed in me and she, she stuck with it. And she said, I know you, I know you're going to figure this out and I know you're going to do fine with it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to have, have had that behind me. I think without it, I probably would have had a harder time, but I also had known through my life that there were times, although I wasn't a huge, well, I guess in a way I was a risk taker doing some of the things I did, but, but I didn't know it. And I was always so goal oriented and I always accomplished those goals that I sort of in the back of my mind knew from the way things had gone in my life that if I just made the decision to do it, that I would find a way that it wouldn't be a problem. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, nothing's a failure if you learn from it. Absolutely. Well, uh, so you just kind of continuing forward, you, you had, um, you, you're now reti retired and planned on, you know, obviously traveling is not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but traveling and, and doing other things. And, and, um, then you got met with another surprise. Um, what happened? Yeah. Well, I retired and we actually spent the first six months doing exactly what we wanted to do. We were traveling almost only home about six weeks of that whole six months. It flipped. I had to actually schedule time with you just to make sure that I could uh, see you right. guys. Right. It was really an interesting, but it was wonderful. It was incredible. We left five days after I retired and it all fell into place over that six months. But, but then... Um, where did you go? You went to... Uh, well, we I went know. to the Galapagos. We went to, um, let me think. We went to Galapagos. We went to, um, we did the, a cruise along the, uh, you know, during the fall colors. Um, we were in New York. We were, um, it just, we just did a lot of stuff. You went to Africa. You went Africa to was just last year, right before right. the pandemic hit. But, but yeah, but I retired. Um, I, I don't know if I was, I decided I wanted to retire when I was healthy enough to enjoy my life a little bit. 
because after 47 years of working holidays, weekends, nights, um, going in in the middle of the night, phone ringing during the night, lack of sleep, you know, all of that over the years, as much as I enjoyed what I did, I needed some years to be able to enjoy my life um, without all of that. And so I, I decided I, to retire. I knew that when the when the telephone went off at like 2 or 3 a.m. quite often when you're on call, uh, it was that time that I thought to myself, I probably will not be a doctor. <laughs> we knew it right away, too. <laughs> but you, you never liked blood either. No. <laughs> or needles. Blood, shots. Yeah. <laughs> But but that aside, um, yeah, I I just you know when I retired, it was another big shift in my life. Um, it was one that I really wanted, um, but I wanted to get out while the getting was good. I wanted to get out while I was still doing a good job, not being forced out because I wasn't anymore. Um, and um, and and I had the opportunity again, just just like what worked out when I decided to close my practice. They came to me and said, you know, we don't we don't want to lose you. What are you willing to come back and just work a day or two a week here helping us and teaching and seeing patients and so on? And so I had the no nights, no weekends. I just worked a couple of days in the clinic of, you know, two to four months, four days a month. And it was you couldn't you know, it was one of those things, again, that just sort of worked out because it's what I, you know, I just wanted things to work out. And they did. Um, I set my sights for that. And um, but retirement was it was interesting. I've never regretted that I did it, especially now with the pandemic hitting, um, being retired, not having to worry about where my paycheck's going to come from and all that. Although I wouldn't have if I was still at the hospital, but my age and then the other shift that occurred in my life a few years ago, um, I, I couldn't really work anyway because of the exposure to the covid and so on. Yeah, I was diagnosed uh, about six months, well, almost about eight months after I retired. Um, I had been seeing some all kinds of changes. I actually was self-diagnosing myself, but 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 with other diagnoses in mind. And I finally, at your mother's insistence, went and got seen and got worked up, and I got diagnosed with Parkinson's. And, and you know, that, and then about six months after that, I got hit with a couple of cardiac arrests and, and ended up, you know, in the hospital and waking up, fortunately. And, and um, you know, and then after that, I had to have a pacemaker put in. And then I got infected because of the pacemaker. And I was in the ICU for three weeks. And, you know, one thing after another, that whole about two and a half years ago, just sort of um, made another shift in my life. And after waking up and realizing that I had basically died twice, I decided every day was worth living (laughs) best I could. So these shifts occur, I think, unplanned. Some of them are planned. Some of them are unplanned and you got to deal with them all. And, but they've all been, they've been all good changes for me. I've gotten something out of every one of them, even the ones that were negative. What are you taking away from the last few years? Um, You mean with the retirement or? Everything that's uh, happened in the last few years to you. You know, I went through a period when I got diagnosed and then I had the cardiac problems and so on. I I got di- I, I sort of went through a period of like everybody, I sort of went through some denial and and then I got angry because here I got the chance to retire and I was going to do everything I wanted to do while I was healthy enough and now I'm not healthy enough. 
And and so um, I was upset about it all. But then I came to the realization that it there was nothing I could do about it. It was part of my life. And if I let it get to me, it was gonna it, it was gonna ruin whatever days I had left. And so I decided I had a choice. I had a choice to either accept it and be happy or I had a choice to let it get me. And the only choice to me was to accept it and be happy because I wanted to enjoy myself. So that's what I've done. Within the limits of the problems I have, I, I've decided that I, I take advantage of every day that I can. And I mean, I, I hardly, I hardly see your mother all day long because I'm so busy. <laughs> I, you know, and I was just going to say, like, and and you are um, one of the most active people still. And when that happened, it um, it was like you you just you went through that period of time, and then all of a sudden you put. It was like you supercharged it. You went to boxing twice a week and then you went to swimming once or twice a week and then you worked out and then you had PT and yeah, it was like you, you, you said, Oh, wait a second. Hold, hold, hold my beer. Let me, let me put all of this in and see what I can get out of it. And, um, and you know, that's, that's just who you are. And it goes right back to when you were going into medical school, when you graduated, when everything hits. You know, I celebrate that part of you, and that's kind of what I took away as your son is is that when everything's going to hit, and when it does, that's when it's time to put up, put the foot on on the gas pedal and say, okay, well, here's what I got for you. Yeah, I mean, you just I, I've I've learned over the years that you just you know I've told you through your life really that people that you only you create your own luck. You know, I don't think people are lucky. I think you create your own luck. You're in the right place at the right time. You take advantage of things. You put yourself out there. When I retired, I decided I wasn't, it wasn't so much retirement. To me, it was just changing what I was going to do. And and I've enjoyed that. And um, then I ended up getting approached by a company to do some consulting for them. Things just fall into place for you and you take advantage of things. And, and I've been very happy with it. And it's just been a whole different phase of my life. And I'm enjoying this phase of my life as much as I enjoyed everything else. So last question is um, how, what, what is the one thing, the one lesson? Uh, I know it's many, but what's, what's something that you learned over the years that you want to leave behind? Well, you know, I think, I think it's to just, just live your life. Um, just live your life every day enjoy it for what it is, you know, be, be goal oriented, have something to look forward to because you have to look forward to some things. Otherwise you don't get yourself to do anything. Um, don't just wallow in whatever negative things occur. Um, just realize that, that you have to fail sometimes to be successful. And, uh, you know, and if you keep the right attitude and put yourself out there and make, take opportunities and, and, and just, you know, don't let things get to you that you can, you can do just as well. And it may be, you may end up in a different place than you thought you were going to be, but it's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, it may actually turn out to be better. I mean, I always told you, my grandmother said, you know, you, things seem to just work out the right way. And um, sometimes they don't look like that, but at the time, but they always end up somehow better than what it could have been before. And you just didn't realize it. So I think you just have to take advantage of life. Mm. Yeah, that's sort of what I take from it. Well, Dad, thanks for being on my podcast. And um, this is this is definitely a unique one. So I, I appreciate you doing it with me. And um, 
and you know, thanks for uh, thanks for all the great lessons over the years and and more to come. Yeah, thank you. I'm just I thank you for even asking me to do this. I'm not sure why people want to hear all this stuff about my own life, but but hopefully they can take some lessons away from it, and that's that would be worth it to me. Well, I I celebrate your story, and and um, so we'll uh, look forward to having this out. This time we're recording this before Thanksgiving, and Courtney and I and and Henry have been in quarantine. Uh, and will be for 14 days leading up to Thanksgiving. It'll be the first time I get to hug my mom and dad in what eight or nine months. Yeah. So, um, so lots to be grateful for. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah we're all quarantined, all mom and I too, so that we can get together with you. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We are too. And congratulations on these great pod- podcasts. You did are amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.